I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. It's uh, Gareth Barker hosting this week because Stephen uh, was somewhere else at the weekend and hasn't seen any of the football. Um, so I'm joined by Wise Men Say regulars, Mickey Luff. Good evening, Mick. Good evening, Mick. How are you doing? All right, yeah. And uh, Richard Easterbrook, who made the perilous journey to Plymouth on oh. Saturday. It wasn't right. perilous as such, just just I mean, lots I, of it. I feel <laughs> just... any ju- I feel you know, like on so now on films, like if there's like a bit in it where someone jumps out on somebody, it's got to say like this film contains mild peril. Oh yeah. I yeah. kind of feel like it's that because any journey that is that long is perilous because yeah. it's just it's there's elements of peril. And like most modern films now, it went on forever. Yeah. You, could have, you could have watched half a Ridley Scott's uh, latest film um, in the time it took us to drive between um, Seaham and Plymouth, uh, technically Cornwall, actually. Um, so, yeah, it was good good fun, though, like character building. Yeah, well, it is a character building uh, jaunt when uh, you, you tend to go all that way and then lose um, in a rather frustrating manner. Um, one of those days has been the... Um, the the sort of phrase and I found myself sort of during the game kind of saying it's going to be one of those days and I know like on comms Danny was like it's going to be one of those days but I feel like we've had seven of those days this season it feels like where it's just you know off the top of my head Cardiff you know was a prime example of that you know where you somehow you've lost the game and you haven't scored um I mean from a perspective of somebody who is actually there what was your view, generally, Richard, on the, the way the game went? I think it was it was really frustrating because, I mean, first half, we didn't play badly enough to to warrant being being behind. I thought. Um, I mean, the the stats bore that out in 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 terms of of how how much we did dominate the game. Um, I certainly wasn't disheartened by our performance um, in in the first half. And the second half, I thought the changes that were made. Um, were really good. We, we attacked really well. Uh, Aushish looked a really decent prospect as a kind of the furthest forward midfielder, um, letting letting kind of Job drop back a little bit alongside Neil. And yeah, it was just one of those things where where the strikers seemed to get a lot of the ball, but couldn't do anything with it. Like in the first half, Rusin couldn't stay on his feet, kept falling over. Um, 
And then obviously the the second half with 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 my enders, chance where he, he took that horrendous horrendous touch. Um, then didn't didn't think to cut it back. Just had a shot anyway. It was just chance after chance, but it was he'd already made his mind up, hadn't he? There, yeah, like yeah. That frustration where he I was don't like, quite blame. I don't really blame him for that because he was obviously yeah. in the in in the whole body shape to to have a shoot, have a shot. But yeah, I, I, I can't really put it down as one of those one of those days because we've had those days before where we've dominated and just needed a little bit of quality, maybe relied on Ahmad last season to come up with it. But, but you know, we do have Jack Clark in the team. Um, who has provided that little bit of quality, uh, and it's just it's frustrating that it just didn't happen for us. But we can't keep writing it off and just holding our hands up and going, "Ah, oh, well, we'll have these days," because we seem to have more of these days than other teams in in the league, or well, certainly in the top half of the league. What are your thoughts, Mick, generally on what you saw no, in terms of that in that sort of one of those days mm-hmm. vibe? Yeah, I mean, it's like you have already pointed out. I think if the last three away games that we've had, I think if they happen, one happens in August, one happens in January, one happens in March, you look at the games and you go, oh, well, there was a one-off, how do we not win them games? But like you have pointed out, when it's such a wider trend, I mean, going back to the 30th September when we beat Sheffield Wednesday, that's the last time we won away. We've scored one goal since then. Um, Yeah, we've hit the post quite a few times at the bar, but... Like you say, it's worrying and it's interesting you touch on the strike of Eric because what I'm worried about with the strikers is so it's a trend generally with our kind of recruitment that players take a while to get up to first-team standards. So even like Ahmad last year, it took him a laugh of a World Cup break to really start showing his quality. Same with a lot of players we signed, like Barr and Michu. We didn't really see anything from them later on the season. Now, that's okay if you're a midfielder. You can come on, you can have a cameo for 20 minutes, you can look bright. But when you're a striker and you're having that bedding in period, you, you're like four months into the season and we've not, sorry, three months into the season, we've not scored yet from a striker. And that's just really worrying because I don't think strikers quite have that luxury of a time to bed in. And we need kind of like productivity from them almost immediately. And we've just not had that. And I feel now it's just a case of a player will have a really good cameo and the fan base decide, oh, well, we need to play them up front all the time. We play them up front from the start. We don't score. We don't particularly look like scoring. Someone comes off the bench, has a good 20-minute cameo, well, they're the striker now. And it's just this cycle, which I fear, until one of them actually does get off the mark, we're just going to be really stuck in. It does open up the conversation of, do we just need in January to kind of sacrifice our principles a little bit and go, right, we need like a first-team quality, first-team ready striker to come in. I don't think we'll do that because I don't think that um, the recruitment process is that agile, but I think it might be a bit of a necessity from my point of view because this just can't continue in the way that it's going, really. I think there's a bit of a like when whenever the the, the arguments made about having a a striker ready to to score goals, people automatically jump to that being a a ready made championship striker, and it doesn't have to be that. You know, it can be a a, a European striker that's 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 doing it not in the under twenty threes, but at a first team level. You know, there could be there must be the scouting network that we have and the the level of data and analytics that we've got at the club now must be able to identify a striker that would be able to hit the ground running. And yes, is that, is that not crossing though? Well, that's, that's he falls in, he falls into if that's bracket, the case, doesn't he? Arguably, yeah. doesn't he? If that's the case, it's a, it's a concern, isn't it? I don't. I know. I know. I know. You've got it mentioned. Sort of. You're not. You're not too struck on him. But I think there's got something about him. I think in time he'll get there. But like Mick's kind of pointed out, the problem is a lot mm. of these players. 
And I think it's harder when you're a forward as well. You know, it's um, yeah. You've got to kind of play your way into form, don't you? Yeah, that expectation to to, to score goals, um, and what, the longer you go without one, I guess the benefit they've got is of because it like makes point out it's kind of all been you'll have a go now, you'll have a go now. They've not had like ten games of running games where they haven't scored. They've had a few games where they haven't, and then something's happened, which has meant a change has come, whether it be injury or just a tactical change. Um, so, and I guess the the mentality maybe if, in the support generally tends to be we we do are a bit more patient because of the approach. So, when we are, there's an understanding that they are very um, raw in in comparison to the kind of seasons forward you might pick up at this level so but then one of them needs to start scoring soon I think my end is well he's had two appearances and he's, he's looked pretty interesting I thought he, he did put himself about when he came on and looked quite good put a lovely ball yeah. in at the, to the back post where um, the keepers made a great save from Ballard's header um, you know the, the all the I think and like you say about Oshish as well I think you know he, he's looks a, I, I, it's difficult to see how someone like that will just go on through the season being a a sub because it feels yeah. like he's he makes a lot happen when he's involved in the game. And, yeah, he's got a lot of quality when he's on the ball and he does 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 a lot off off the ball too. I know his delivery, when he was, delivery is pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, when when they were all coming off at, at full time, um, obviously Sunderland players came to the came to the the away end to to applaud them off. Uh, Aushish just kind of stood there and looked at everyone. Like, I, th- I don't think you could quite comprehend that they were getting a level of praise and losing. Maybe that's just not how it happens in the in French leagues. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But it was... Probably not PSG. He probably didn't lose very many games with PSG. No, well, no. <laughs> so I think... I think there's 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 some there's a, there's definitely something special in there. Um, and maybe I'm being a bit harsh on on the way that the way it is with the strikers. You do play yourself into form, and you know if if it was another situation, had had my end not not had that ridiculous first touch, had you know Rissen not fallen over in the first half, had. You know, Clark shot across the keeper. I know there was there was other players marking at the time, but when when Clark had that chance, and instead of shooting near post, he could have, um, you know, shot across the face of the goal. Um, we could have been talking about a different game, and then yeah. we wouldn't be talking about the strikers here. And it, it's, it's it's pleasing that we're that we're managing to score goals, in spite of the strikers. Um, it would be really worrying if we weren't. But I just think the difference between. Where we are now, which is which is ninth in the league, and where other players, uh, other teams are, is 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 pretty stark. Um, and it's, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure whether like Sunderland fans, certainly not myself, are going to be happy with another nearly season. Yeah, I think. I mean, Mick pointed. Out, I know you said there we are, and we are scoring goals at home. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he's, you know, Mick pointed out what we scored. Once since um, the end of September, yeah. So it's not like it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you you kind of look at it and go, "Well, 
it's not it's not that bad in many respects, but you've, we've lost seven games already, so it's just a bit. It's difficult to know what to think in in some respects because mm. you're like, well, because we're still wanna... in touch, we're still there, you know, still oh, yeah. part of the conversation. We're not just like on, you know, we're not we're not bottom half. We're not, um, we're not like say Norwich or or Stoke are. We, we're still in there, so you know it's and and I, and I don't think January will see see any kind of movement in that respect. Um, that you you don't sign someone like Rusin for for money, then just write them off. It's you know we are going to be where we are, and I don't don't think there's going to be that much movement inwards in January personally. Um, depending on what what happens outwards, but. <laughs> Well, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I just I just don't see that 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 particular situation being resolved. No, I, I don't know. It, it just gets a bit frustrating to be always the bridesmaids. On that, I, I think it's interesting. You know, with reference to sort of players who maybe were going to leave in the in the summer, Mick, or there was discussions about certain players leaving who didn't. Now, I was I was astonished that Alex Pritchard didn't get on the pitch at the weekend. Like, I was just like, I he like, was. I I mean, I was just like, eh. mm. um. I mean, I would have had him on at half time. Yeah, well, he came down the tunnel. Like, well, what the tunnel wasn't even out. Uh, he came down past the fans and into the dressing room, and I was thinking that it was just before half time before everyone else did. Mm. And I thought that must mean he's he's getting himself ready to come yeah. on. Um, but then. He's, he's not he he wasn't there and nowhere near coming on, it seemed. And then you, got, you know, for I think for Dak to be ahead of Pritchard does not make a lot of sense to me in terms well, of contributions. I completely agree. Um I think the difficulty I've got, like I do agree, I'd like we're saying Pritchard because I think he gives us a degree of control that we don't have when he's not on the pitch later on in yeah. game. But my kind of worry I've had really throughout the season is because we don't our whole midfield it's people filling it's kind of um, like round pegs and square holes or whatever like because it's just all set up where like Equar is not really a deep line midfielder but he's a nearest thing we have to a deep line midfielder so we've got to play him there Dan Neil really wouldn't want him as deep but we've got to play him there we just seem to have a load of like really talented number 10s and more advanced midfield players but nobody to fill in deeper so it means that people are just kind of make do and mending all over the place. And like, yes, I think it would be good for Pritchard to come on more. But equally, I'm not sure he solves the issue we have of control in the midfield entirely because, again, his natural job isn't sitting in the middle of midfield, is playing more advanced. So when you've got yeah. like Ekwar and Pritchard being like more deep, like deeper midfielders, I think it's just a, a general worry. And I think it's something that we do need to address this kind of like lack of balance. I think we have throughout the midfield, we need to. Uh, have more players who are capable of playing, like not necessarily even the Corey Evans role, but just to be a little bit deeper because it's not Job's natural game to do that. It's not Oshisha's natural game to do that. It's not Edwards, it's not Dan Nails. It's not really any of them's natural role to do that. So I think it speaks more to a general worry I have throughout the team because I think no matter how we're doing in games, whether we're winning or if we're getting beat, the only real choices we have off the bench are to bring on attacking midfielders. Yeah, and that doesn't help in terms of solidity and control of a game. So I think again, it just speaks to a wider theme of a little bit of imbalance we've got in the start eleven throughout the squad. Yeah, yeah. I think the defensive midfield, or the 
you know, six, eight, whatever you want to call them now, the options there, like you say, are limited. Um, We've had Pritchard in that role before, and he's not been he's not been great. But I mean, we didn't. For me, we didn't do make that change, or that we didn't bring Dak in and put him there. We put Dak in an advanced area. So yeah, if you're going to do that, there's just no way on earth you you should be bringing on Dak ahead of Pritchard. Like, just no, I don't. I don't understand it. No, uh, it, it's it's like, strange. Like, I don't think Dak was particularly terrible. Um, didn't really do he, anything, did he? Didn't but... do anything. He just he was there. It was like, yeah, he was just he was just there. Mm. Like, <laughs> that that's that's my review of, of his performance. But like, it was it was it was like you know obviously last ten minutes is probably kitchen sink element to the game where you saw you know Jensen sealed playing as far forward as he as he humanly can. Um, you can't really read too much in into shape. Um, but may, maybe, maybe we need to start thinking more about about a shape that can accommodate the the players that we have um, a little better. Like, does it have to be, you know, does it have to be a deep line midfielder? Can we not just have a midfield three, and or can we not consider the likes of maybe try human a more advanced defensive midfield role? So he likes playing in the center anyway. I think you'd have to. I think the only way it could accommodate is if you went and had went to the back three and had like a box midfield and had two attacking mm. midfielders behind the striker, probably. But then you lose the effectiveness of if you, if you Clark and Roberts. Yeah. So it's. It, it, I think it's you know that again it's it's not slagging off the recruitment, but it is the squad is imbalanced in parts. In particular, like you said, we've got all these attacking midfielders and you know all the changes we tend to make are like for like in forward areas really we just we, and, and I don't think that's a a bad thing to have those options because it is good to go we're good to bring Arshish on we're good to bring Pritchard on whoever it may be uh, we could bring Barr on um, but when we have we, we're probably not getting the best out of those players because we have to Everything behind it has to be kind of stuck together with Brit stick sort of thing, and if you haven't got that solid base, it's going to be difficult. Um, before we move on to the Huddersfield game, I thought from a defensive perspective, again, the first goal is like just I mean, yeah, Ballard maybe could have got out of him, but he's probably saying, "Well, go on then." You have a hit from there, and it was a great strike. Um, and it was a great ball f- for the lad for the second goal as well. Individually, I thought Hume Huggins did all right again. You know, the, I guess the, the talking point is, and I know some people think we dig him out all the time, but I mean, you, Lugo Nine, after being suspended, coming back in a couple of weeks ago, come back in and then deciding he's going to slap somebody basically and it's I just don't understand why you do that when you're one of the senior players you know probably the senior player on the pitch everybody is isn't he he's 29 I think he's the oldest player I guess he's our longest serving player now yeah and he's a captain and then 
yeah, you get the tussle, you know, if he just walks away, fair enough. But then he decides to kind of, and he's done this a fair few times. And it's it's just silly. Like, you're only going to harm the team, ultimately. Yeah. And, I, don't I know, know you. Why, why I know you've said it, it before. It's it's. I know you've said it. It's, it's like performative. Um, if it was done in a in a bid to get the get the away fans on side, he was miles away from us, when none of us saw actually what happened. Mm. It was being played out on the big screen, but as soon as it got a bit fruity in terms of like tackles or defensive uh, or like a kind of potential offside decisions that cut the feed on the mids on the big yeah. screen anyway. So we we didn't have a clue what had happened. Um, just it's just. It, it, it seems to be this this kind of primary fault, this major fault to become the centre of attention. Um, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's funny, you know. There's there's moments where it's really entertaining and there's moments where we do need that in the game. You know, you need someone to kind of raise the crowd with a with a, with a bit of, you know, um, shithousery. But at that, that point of the game, it didn't really need to happen. Uh we still were two goals down. We still needed to get back on the on the on the score sheet, and the ball was at the other end of the pitch from where it needed to be. So, you know, there's a lot of responsibility on his hands now. He needs to be a senior pro. He is a senior pro. He needs to be one. I mean, you know, when he you know he kissed that lad before, didn't he, and stuff like that. You're like, why are you doing? Like, I mean, that is really bad, really. I mean, he shouldn't be doing that, isn't it? I mean, yeah, he shouldn't be doing <laughs> stuff like that. It's stupid. Yeah, um, just, just don't. Just defend and do your job and hold things together if you can. And it's a, jo- it's a job he can know. do really well. Yeah, he, he can, yeah. He's not a liability. Um, it just it was it was odd again that that when Huggins went off with, with what presumed to be some kind of knock, um, because it was it wasn't tactical. Uh, when Sealed came on, he played right back and no nine didn't move out yeah. the right back. It's that 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 will like it did against Middlesbrough. That will that will just baffle me. Yeah, but. I ain't the boss. You need to get a G-Lay. Yeah, I should. Yeah. Not about getting a G-Lay last week, yeah. actually. I did yesterday. I was like, oh my God, a G-Lay. And then I thought, no, I won't. I think um, just, once you hit 40, it kind of just flashes. It's one of the <laughs> one of your kind of constant thoughts. Shall I buy a G-Lay? Shall I comment on this unknown person's Facebook status? No. And no. <laughs> Give it time. Um <laughs> So we'll have a little break, and then when we come back, we'll um, preview the Huddersfield game that's taking place at the Stadium Light on Wednesday evening. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Welcome back to the Wiseman Say podcast. Huddersfield is at the Stadium of Light um, on Wednesday night. Um, and it'll be a decent opportunity to try and get back to winning ways and, you know, continue a bit of more of a trend of winning some home games um, after the defeat on Saturday against the team who are in the bottom five, essentially. We really do need to make sure we win this game. Don't we? No, one hundred percent. I think we will because, it's like you say, not only are we winning home games, but against the weaker teams at home, like Norwich, Birmingham, teams like that, we have won pretty comfortably. We beat Rotherham at home as well early on in the season. I mean, I'd be tempted to chuck in Cardiff being the anomaly, but Cardiff are seventh now in the league. We're above us, so you know. Um, but no, I think we generally it's been a strange season in one way because I'm a lot more confident going into these games. Like this time last year, I'd be like, oh no, like. Huddersfield will come and do a job on us. Like, well, even over a poor side, they'll probably go away with a draw. But I think we, we are much better at breaking down these teams at home. So I'm really confident we'll win. But I think that's not really what's going to define our season in terms of going up. There's a lot of other areas we need to improve. But if we isolate it Wednesday, I am really confident we'll get the job done and get back the winning ways. But then we've got to back it up with Millwall if we do. Have they had a few managerial changes? I just feel I can't even remember who's uh, well, managers there. They had, no, they had Neil Warnock until yeah. the end of the season, and he, he stayed on for the start of the season, but they've got in uh, Darren Moore now. Yes, that was it. If Warnock was still their manager, I'd be a lot more wary going into the game. Um, yeah, they they played really well on that, that midweek game last season, didn't yeah. they? And, and Warnock, he's a, he's a manager, even given like his advancing years now. He's so good at like tactically setting up the team in a one-off game to get a result. And I don't think Moo has necessarily got that in his locker. I mean, they've not won away from home um, since Darren Moo came in. They didn't even beat Sheffield Wednesday away from home. Um, and Warnock, he got a win against West Brom earlier on in the year away from home. So it just shows that the disparity between having a manager like Warnock, who is just so good at this level of doing what he does, and having someone like Darren Moo, who the jury stood out really on whether he can be a success at like this bit higher level. So we've just got to take full advantage of it. I mean, they have got an absolute giant who plays up front from sometimes six foot nine Kyle Hoodling, I think you call him, or Hudding. Um, and the way we defend their pieces, it's a bit of a concern. But I looked at his stats and he's like, he played 13 games on loan last season, I think, in League Two. And he didn't even score a goal at that level and he's not scored this season. So hopefully we should have them, um, the players with them um, like Ballard and 09, they should be able to kind of like do a job on them, hopefully, and we should still win the game. Well, looking at their results, last six they've only won one, and that was in October. 21st to be QBR, and they haven't won a game since. And they lost to Cardiff 4 0, Leeds 4 1, Hull 1 0. And they got to draw with Southampton, to be fair, at the weekend at home, which isn't a bad result. Um, and drew away at Watford, which, you know, you don't know if that's a good result or not. Um, but I think, you know, the. Will we see a change in the forward area? Do you think you might put Meander through the middle instead of Russen? Do you think you'll stick with the the same group? I think um, I think you might you might give Meander a start, um, but I'm not I'm not sure of, of the other changes. I'm not, not sure how 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 broken Dennis Sergin is, or because he seemed to be. Yeah, you know, he was he was he was gonna be involved, then he wasn't, and 
then yeah, he's had he had that that incident before the international break where he pulled out the squad. So yeah, that'd be another question mark. But um but they, who yeah. who would you bring him in for? Because I mean, Hume's form's been a little better and Huggins has been really excellent. So Yeah. You'd probably yeah. stay, stick with the same if you're going to keep the same formation and line up. And... Yeah, I always, I always just feel wary about right foot defenders playing left back. I don't know why, because it it happens either and and it's a, a tale as old of t- as time with Sunderland. You know, we've had opposite, we've had inverted fullbacks for mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, Phil Bardsley playing left back for for a big stint. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I don't know why I'm worried about it, but I just I just feel it looks unnatural. Um, but that's just me. Uh, up front, I'd, I'd, I'd personally give Mayander another chance. Um, because other than you know he didn't do too terribly, you know, he just looks a little, little. I know he's he's probably exactly what we should expect. Really, he's just he's just not the finished article. And if he was the finished article, we wouldn't have picked him up for next to nothing. What are your thoughts, Mick? Um, I don't really disagree with a lot of what's been said there. I think I would be tempted to give um, my age a go from the start. Although Rusin did only play 45 minutes on Saturday, so maybe you could argue that his performances, particularly at home, have helped us in our like, attacking shape a lot recently. And I think my end is still, when the game's stressed, he's a really good option to have off the bench. And hopefully we'll be in a situation again where we're winning comfortably with 20 minutes left, and that's ideal to bring on them kind of lads, because I think that Rooster, like you pointed out, Gareth, is still our first, our most first-team ready striker. So I think if you're looking long-term, certainly until at least January, to be playing him as your, your main striker, I think it's important to get as many minutes into him as possible and give him the best opportunity possible to get his first goal, and hopefully it'll be a way. Um, other than that, I can't really see what changes we, we can make, really. Um, again, like the likes of Job, you, you could argue like he... Like needs a bit of a rest, but he didn't go away with England, did he? So he's just had two weeks no. of a rest. So really, to be honest, I don't think we need to change a great deal because I think for all we've got our frailties, I do. I am confident now that in these kind of bread and butter home games, I do think that we're capable of just swatting these teams aside. And I think that's what we'll do. I think I'd be tempted maybe to give... I think, think it was being off the boil last few games. I might be tempted mm. to say maybe we'll drop Bellingham in there and, mm. and give our Shisha a start. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably stick with Russian up front for the uh, f- for tomorrow and give another bash. Um, I mean, you have to ask questions about Roberts as well. I mean, you know, defend him in that he's the way he get, carries a ball and occupies defenders is a positive. But you know, he's we were at what? How many games we played? Seventeen games, something like that, and mm. more. And he hasn't had a goal or an assist this season. I mean. Yeah, he's he looks an exciting player to watch, but I often wonder if he's one of those kind of perennial players that pops up on highlights packages quite a lot. I mean, like doesn't contribute that much to the team. Sorry, Rick. I think no, no, it's fine. There's clearly a reason why Roberts, for all the ability and talent he has, that he's never progressed beyond this level of being like a. Obviously, he excelled at Celtic, but 90% of the time you're playing against very, very weak opponents who are probably about League One level in this country. Um, and then, like, he's never really made it above this, like, level of being top-end championship at best. So I think there's a reason for that, and that is his lack of, kind of, like, output, like, statistically and stuff. 
Um, but I do think I'd still prefer Roberts in this game because I think Huddersfield will sit in really deep and I think the bar needs space to exploit the player well. So I think them space will open up later in the game if hopefully we're winning. But Roberts, I'd still really back him in like really tight spaces to get the ball. Um, and I just think, we, I think to, be, to be honest with Roberts, I think, especially at home, I think we do need to overlap a bit more because I don't think, because I think that does bring out the best and we can like, so even if we don't necessarily give him the ball for make that overlap and run, it gives him the space to run into and cut in like he likes to do. So I just think um, I'd yeah. still favour Roberts, but as I say, I think that's just purely because Barn needs like space to exploit, whereas Roberts is much better in tight areas. And there must be a reason for for why our fullbacks don't overlap. Certainly on the I know like when Huggins was playing on the right, uh, when um when Hume's playing on the on the right, he, he very rarely overlaps. He underlaps. Um, and when when the the swapped round in the match. Started doing the same thing, like Huggins did the same. So it must be tactical. There must be a reason for it. And I get to know will it will it like damage the balance of the team if if they didn't underlap or if they moved outside? Would it would that create more space for for the for the opposition in the, in the center of the park and leave Neil and and or and Equa or Job more exposed? I'm not sure. Um. But it, there's certainly something when you've got inverted wingers, you need an option on. You need an option to, you know, if it's not working out, for someone to be overlapping. To be fair, it, though, we have created, just cut that off. We have created plenty of chances. We just haven't scored. Yeah. So, I guess the argument would be: well, we've done everything but score. Would the would the overlap, underlap, and overlap and fullback? Sorry, made much of a difference to that. I don't know. Um, would we create more chances? Um, the point I was making there was purely the, how, how to get the best out of Roberts. It wasn't really like a critique of like how we set up tactically or anything. I was just thinking of how you maybe get Roberts to have a bit of a better output because it's a concern. Yeah, yeah. I certainly think like uh, we looked at how she did did a better job of um, of kind of stitching Clark and and Roberts together a little more, like in terms of playing in more of a a three as opposed to how it was um how it was in the first half where where they wouldn't really get that much support you, you, you know you saw last season you'd have our front three i think i call it a front three um without a striker but they would they would be working together a lot more need to see little partnerships and they'd work in in triangles but it, it doesn't really it doesn't really seem to be the case a lot of the time unless Pritchard's on the pitch. Pritchard does a lot of that, a lot of that better, but Aushish also does that well too. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking on Saturday, I thought, why don't we just cut out the middleman, literally cut out the middleman, get rid of a striker and play 4-3-3 with a false nine in Aushish or Alex Pritchard or ITV2's Bradley Dak in an in a advanced role and just have him have him playing as a link man between the two, our two most potent players, which are Clark and Roberts. Obviously, Roberts isn't a potent player because he's he's not got any assists or goals this season, but Clark certainly is. So we certainly need to be bringing the best out of him. Well, I think we will be seeing a striker on, on Wednesday night. Who it is, I don't know. And I get the feeling it's going to be the first game of the uh, of the season where... It's gonna be everyone going bloody hell. It's freezing. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, it's, it's gonna be one of those, isn't it? Um, Definitely one for for a big 
North Face jacket, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Didn't get it delivered in time, yeah. yeah. You get it delivered at the right place. Yeah. Uh, lots of or- lots of orders going in for North Face jackets at this date. Yeah. Yeah. I think they give them out, don't they? It's like at the BBC or whatever, because they've all got them. They must be yeah. like sponsored yeah. or something. Anyway, if North Face want to sponsor us and send some uh you know, nice coats that we can wear at the match and not be on telly with or anything, that's fine. I mean they won't be listening to this. <laughs> anyone who wants to send us anything for free just get in touch Um, and we will take it uh, as long as it doesn't implicate any (laughs) negative vibes Um, anyway uh, that's probably it really Matt will be back I assume um, to review the Huddersfield game and preview the next game which I can't remember who it is who we played on Saturday Millwall Millwall is that away? Yeah. Away. Okay. So yes, they'll be doing that Millwall away on Saturday. Um. So that'll be in the review of the Huddersfield game. Sorry. And hopefully Stephen will be back on Monday with myself, and there might be a reaction. Who knows? Who knows? Um. But as always, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 